Polish up those boogie boards and tell your boss, see ya, because it's time to get pitted, so pitted, in this totally tubular, anti-capitalism tidal wave of an episode. Burnout brothers Grace and Kristen are coming in hot to teach you all about the ADHD burnout cycle, what it is, why it happens to us, and what the heck you can do about it. Kristen passionately preaches her pro-union agenda and gives you permission to disassociate as long as you're drinking your water, while Grace bullies you into taking your sick days and gives some tips on healing your nervous system that are annoying, but you know she's right, with advice ranging from set better boundaries at work to just burn down a building. It's not that hard. We have a little bit of something for everyone, unless you're a metaphorical Todd, and then you can get the hell out of here, Todd. Fucking Todd. All right, let's boogie. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them. That's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, if you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather. Weirds of a All right, I got a warm-up question for you. All right, what you got? Do people boogie board anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Is this an opinion piece or are you wanting hard facts? I I want hard facts because, you know, on my way down here, I saw... At first, I thought... I think it's a surfboard, which I think is like, why are you surfing in Maine? There's no surf in Maine. People surf a lot, actually, at Higgins and Scarborough Beach. Ah, sounds like a bad time. (laughs) I agree. I don't support it. Yeah. I feel like they're... Anyway... And then, but at first I thought it was a boogie board and I was like, right on, like bring back the boogie. But then it was a surfboard. Now I'm like, I wish I did people boogie anymore. What do you think a boogie board is? How did you confuse a surfboard with a boogie board? I thought it was a really big boogie board. I just, I didn't have the traditional it's surfboard like seeing shape. a mountain bike and being like, wait a minute, is that a tricycle? <laughs> oh no, it's a mountain bike. <laughs> Sorry. Oh shit, I messed it up. Allergy season. (laughs) To answer your question, yes, I do believe people still boogie board. And I believe the leader of those boogie boarders is my mother. Oh, she boogies? My mom loves to boogie board. My mom is now uh, 69. Where is she? Right. She just turned nice. (laughs) (laughs) Got her. Uh, No, but really, I think she is now 69 years old. And she loves a fucking boogie board. She is like a little. 69? Yeah. Oh, man. My parents had me young. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was 37 when she had me Holy and 40 shit. when she had Lily. Dang. Yeah. My mom was 22 when she had me. Oh my God. Like that a is child. so different. Yeah. I know. I can't imagine. Just a child. But yeah, my she mom was like, I was born to be a mother. I was like, I guess so. Because it was like, you're out of the womb and now your womb is full. Anyway. From womb to womb. <laughs> <laughs> One woman's journey. Man. But yeah, my mom is like a little kid at heart and she loves a boogie board still to this day. Where does she, she boogie board? She'll try to get us boogie board. Higgins. She Can we loves, go sometime? Oh, she would love nothing more. If you asked her to go boogie boarding, she would be Let's like the go. happiest person on earth. Let's go. A wolf stay out. <laughs> wolf stay out. Boogie boarding with my mom. <laughs> I would love that. She I, would love that. I, yeah, I'm going to need a remedial lesson. I've never been good. It's very, I mean, there's not much to it, but. I want to check out her teach. boogie board because I remember having one and we had like the cheapest Rennie's had to offer mm. of boogie boards and it would always like, have you ever felt a scrub daddy? Yes. Okay, imagine that, but in boogie board uh, form. Yeah. Hate the texture. And so I was like all scratched up. And my mom's like, why are you covered in scratches? I'm like, I'm boogie boarding, mom. Anyway. Hardcore. Hardcore. Yeah, you got to get the fancy ones that have like the kind of sled bottom. Yeah. That's okay. for really serious boogie boarders okay. like I my guess mother. we weren't serious. We had, to, we had to crawl before we could boogie. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to yeah. scratch up your stomach before you before can you, glide yeah. on a wave. I guess so. That really flows well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was a great warm-up question. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather. This is an ADHD-adjacent podcast. 
Emphasis on adjacent. Adjacent. Uh, I'm your host, Kristen. And I am your host, Grace. And this is episode the first episode of the new format, which Woo-hoo. isn't really different from the rest, but kind of. It's <laughs> a, just split a little. Up. Just split up, guys. And we might have a little, a couple new surprise fun segments Surprise, for maybe. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll see. <laughs> so this is officially kind of the new setup of the episodes. Uh, This episode, we're going to have a ADHD learning corner. We have a specific topic we want to talk about. I will do my best to stay on topic and not be heated, but I'm going to just, here's a content warning. That's going to be difficult for me. (laughs) I'll be like screaming for a while. If you don't, you're at the wrong podcast. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Our format, so we'll do, we'll start off with a little accomplishment then we'll go into our learning ADHD learning corner. Then we'll end it there with yeah. maybe you'll see maybe a fun sneaky little yeah. new segment. Maybe so we'll, not. Uh, yeah, we'll see how we'll we feel. See. And we'll end it there. And then the next, next episode week. will be just segments and the then, segs that you love. Yep, those segs you know and love. So we'll do our I'm so quirky's hobby collectors alternative alternative. <laughs> Alternative segments and, and pizza secrets. The beloved pizza secrets. Yeah. So that's 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 our new kind of format. We're gonna do like a one, two, one, two. So we can be serious sometimes, but then not so serious. Yes, because we we were thinking that we could talk about ADHD and then also do like a hobby collectors and do all our segments. It's just way too much. It's too much. So that's why it's split up. So next episode I will be doing animal bones for Hello. the hobby. So those of you who have been waiting around just dying to hear about how With to baby breath clean, yeah, yeah, how to clean animal bones, you're in luck. And for people who are sick of me talking about it, too bad because I'm going to talk this about This is it. the one and done then, right? Yeah. Or do the bones do the bones ever stop? The bones never stop. Yeah, so you're out of luck. Yep. Bye. I'll be talking about this until I get burnt out on it, which I don't know if I will. I don't know. I hope not. I don't want to say that, though, because that'll jinx me. All but, right. You know, I support you no matter what. Thank you. You want to get into our little accomplishments first? I would love to. Let's do it. Let's do it. Little, little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. All right, Christiche, what is your accomplishment for this week? All right. I have not bought a new plant in over two months. Holy shit. I Ooh. know. One. Congratulations. Because I'm at max capacity in my tiny little apartment. Max capacity. Max capacity. Two, um, I've actually been taking really good care of my plants and no one's died yet. So wow. interesting. <laughs> it's almost like when you have enough time to properly care for all of them. Yeah. They live longer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, I Weird. even have like a little spider mite infestation. I took care of it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I tra- it ended up me chopping everybody back, but nailed it. Yeah, look at you, plant mommy. Yeah, but I'm over. I'm at max capacity in my apartment, and we are looking for a new home so then I can have more plants, basically. I'm like a hermit crab who has outgrown this shell, so I can't buy any more things for my hermit crab home until I get a new shell. And then you can fill your hermit crab home with all the plants you desire. Yeah, exactly. And kill them all. That's the way of life for the hermit crab. <laughs> it's a tough life, but someone's got to do yep, it. Yep, yep. Grace, what, what's your little accomplishment? My little accomplishment, I had a hyper-focus cleaning day the other day, Whoa. and I even cleaned out the fridge. Dang. that is I've seen your fridge, <sighs> and that is an accomplishment. Yeah. Ian and I are both really terrible with just, like, not your getting rid of stuff. fridge is so full of stuff that I didn't know existed. Like, melting Mold. lettuce from Uh-oh. three months ago, yeah, and moldy limes, yep. and leftovers I that love the limes right? get, that get, like, rock hard. Oh, like the tiny... They, get really tiny yeah rather than like mold they just they're just like they're like a weapon now yeah and now you got a weapon look at that (laughs) multiple multi-purpose lime yeah i can't even say it multi-purpose lime yeah i got rid of my multi-purpose limes along with everything else in the fridge cleaned it out it's looking sparkly and kind of new nice yeah so now i can actually see the food that we have isn't that nice that is that's awesome thank you i feel like i didn't peek into your fridge (sighs) I should have. My hard work. That's what what I'll do after this. All my hard work. I know. For nothing. I know. That's great. I'm glad you accomplished that. That's a big thing. Thank you. All right. How are we going to transition into Learning Corner? Uh, Here we are. Let's talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Burnout. That's our subject. Woo-woo. Aren't you excited? No, I'm already exhausted talking about this. (sighs) I am burnt out on this topic. You know what? It's it's the hype because I've been like... 
chatting with my coworkers. I was like, we're going to do a segment on burnout. And I'm really excited to talk about it because I get heated. And now that we're here, I'm like, oh, I feel exhausted. Well, well let's <laughs> get going on it. Yeah. What is burnout? Let's start with the basics. What is the burnout? Burnout was first described by a guy named Herbert. Great name. Herbert. Herbert Ferdenberger. Ferdenberger. I'm not making that up. I think that's how you say Ferdenberger. it. Ferdenberger. Ferdenberger. That's a fun name. Uh, that is, that's a great name. That's a name of the day right there. <laughs> a nod. <laughs> uh, and he described it as the extinction of motivation or incentive, especially when one's devotion to a cause or relationship fails to produce the desired results. And originally he kind of coined this while uh, describing people and professions with high stress and high levels of self-sacrifice. So healthcare workers. He described it mostly, I think he was re- healthcare workers in like a war state, you know? Mm. And so it basically... He coined this and then everybody was like, oh, wow, well, this can be used in other professions too: teaching, academia, parenting, Mm. business, everything. Everybody gets burnt out and it happens everywhere in any career or aspect of life. Yes. It sucks. So the APA Dictionary of Psychology defined burnout as physical, emotional or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lower performance and negative attitudes towards oneself or others. Neat. So excited to (laughs) talk about this. Yeah. So basically, it's it's like you do this thing so much that you are physically drained, you're mentally drained and you hate it. There are three main symptoms. Exhaustion is the first one, and this is physically or mentally. Um, It can even lead to like physical symptoms like GI distress, headaches. Everybody's had a stress headache before. Mm. So that's a big one. Another one is alienation or depersonalization. This can be alienation from your work or work-related activities. It can be emotionally alienating yourself from your work or things that you love to do. I know from my personal experience, because I've experienced burnout, I feel like at least like four times a year, you know, you work a lot, you're just trying to get the things done and and being in healthcare, I know other people have had the same thing. When you get burnt out, you lose your compassion for patients. Hmm. And that's terrible. And I hate that that happens to me. But, you know, you have those weeks where you've worked like, I don't know, like, have you ever worked an 80 hour week? No. No? Okay. It sucks. (laughs) Not recommended. But like by then you're just like, I'm just trying to go through, make sure, you know, when you're working so much and so much is on the line, you're just like, I can't listen to your sob story. I'm, I have, you know, 16 other patients to see. It's terrible. It's, that's not how healthcare should work, but it happens a lot. It happens with nurses a lot. I know during COVID when staffing ratios and staffing ratios are still really low, they get burnt out a lot. And I know there's a lot of like nurses were bullies back in high school and maybe they were, but maybe also they're trying to take care of patients in an unfair working environment. Yeah, I think it's a combo. And that that also happened to me in the school system. I got severe burnout at the end of my third year, I think, of being a speech therapist in elementary schools. And it was the same thing where I was like, this is so terrible. But like, I just... Yeah, I would start to lose my compassion for students because yeah. I just felt so frazzled and overwhelmed and like yeah. I was in fight or flight where I just became very apathetic. Like, right. I cannot get myself to care about this right now. Like, I'm just trying to get through the right. day. And you can see you can see doctors and providers and teachers and people in their professions. So you're like, wow, like you just don't care anymore, do you? You're so burnt out and you're like, take a take a break. Yeah. And I feel like a big difference is that with burnout, like I just, yeah, I became very apathetic. I mean, I definitely, I'm sure I became like snappy or whatever, but I feel like for the most part, it was more like apathy. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole alienation depersonalization. Yes, but it's I, like think this- other, I think other people do like, especially not, especially in the healthcare system. I see, I saw it with teachers. I see it in the healthcare system, but there's also people who are like straight up mean to people. And I don't yeah. think that's burnout so much as like Maybe you're They're, just a mean person and yes, you like the you're control. you're overwhelmed or you went into this profession for like reasons other than yeah. like caring for this population. And so then the job is very strenuous and stressful. Right. And it kind of turns you into this like uncaring monster where you don't really see these people as people. You're, yeah. You're like a you're a cog in the system is what it is. Yes. And and yeah. And and that leads us to our last thing, a reduced performance. And, and it's kind of like what we were talking about. Like your work is affected 
whether you're a nurse and you're caring for someone's actual health, whether you're trying to teach the future of America or, you know, whether you're like in a marketing job and you're trying to make like an ad for a new product. Mm. Like you're if you're burnt out, you are not going to be putting forth your best work. And that and that sucks because that makes even more work for yourself. Like yeah. when I was a speech therapist, I had so much work. I felt so overwhelmed and so burnt out. And I would just sit at my desk. And this is terrible. But some days towards the end of my second year or third year, I would just sit at my desk and like be like play Candy Crush. Yeah. Like I could not get my and I knew I was conscious of it. I was like, I need to stop. What am I doing? I couldn't stop. I couldn't. I had so much work. And yeah. I, but I couldn't get myself to just stop doing this mindless thing. So I was so burnt out. Yeah. And then the work gets even more overwhelming. And then you're like even more buried. And then it just is this like terrible cycle. Yeah. Yeah. We'll We'll talk about that later. I just noted this, but you already said this. Just that any you can get you can be burnt out from like anything, whether it's a job or home life or, you know, caretaking for a parent or whatever. And especially for neurodivergent brains, because we have those sensitive central nervous systems, even more so we can get like very burnt out from, you know, just trying to do anything that our brain naturally is not able to do, you know, right. Anything that requires like daily consistency or executive right. functioning, like motivation. Yes. Emotional regulation. Like that's all putting a lot of strain on our nervous systems, especially. Right. Right. And and I think in this episode, we're going to be probably referring burnout more to like the office and office mm. culture and stuff like that. But I, I, I am glad you made that point because you can get burnout from taking care of a family member, or taking care of your kids because they're exhausting. I homeschooled helped homeschool my nephews for a week and I thought I was gonna lose my gosh darn mind I was like I never want to do this again (laughs) uh never I am like I like almost made an appointment to tie my tubes that day (laughs) I was like this is terrible and I don't know why anybody would ever want to have children and that was one week and I don't know how my sister-in-law does that every day I have no idea. I don't know. I give her a lot of credit. But family thing, like just keeping the house clean and tidy, daily home, homestead activities, I guess I would call it. You can also have burnout from that. I don't want to discredit housework because that's still work. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. But I do want to talk about how depression is different than burnout because they kind of sound similar. Like, oh, you're apathetic, you're tired, you're kind of feeling down. Well, that sounds a lot like depression. How is that different? They do have a lot of similar symptoms, but whereas burnout is in response to one single trigger, usually like work or like a certain task you have to do or something like that, people with depression may experience these feelings of like gloominess and apathy and exhaustion of all aspects of life. Mm. Um, They may be even more on the more extreme side, leading to things like suicidal ideation. We should have put it in a content warning. Bum, bum, bum. Content warning. That's it for Suicide Talk today. Why is it important to distinguish between the two? Because the treatment's different. So burnout may require you to take like a vacation or a break from whatever the task may be, whereas the diagnosis of depression may require therapy and different medications, They're different diagnoses, so they need different treatments. Why are ADHD people more susceptible to burnout? That's our next topic. So now we're talking about people specifically with ADHD. Why are they more susceptible to burnout? Because of the way that they are. (laughs) Moving on. No. Uh, (laughs) People with ADHD are much more susceptible to burnout than neurotypicals. We easily get bored. We have trouble staying focused on one task. We don't realize how much time it's going to take to do that task. And, And we have this, you know, magical thinking. We put more things on our plate than we can handle. And we have a hard time with consistency. So something like a nine to five job would require a lot of our mental energy. And along the same lines as putting more on your plate than you can handle, I also think part of that is that when something is new and novel, that is one of our brain motivators for ADHD. We're motivated by newness. So you probably do have a lot more dopamine when you start a job to actually be able to do all these things and you're going to set up these great systems and look at you. You're you're just a little worker bee. You're going to get a calendar. Yes. And yeah, you make your whole calendar and your boss is so impressed. You're going to journal about it. (laughs) Your boss is so impressed with all these new innovative ideas you have and projects you're starting. And then... And that wears off because even if it's still exciting to you, the novelty of a job wears off. And then you've put so much on your plate that you just cannot keep up with. Right. Maybe even hyper focused a little bit. Mm. And then you're at first you like came in hot and you're like, look, I'm doing all these things. Mm. And your boss is like, great, keep going. 
You can't sustain that. No one can. Especially once that's the expectation. Right. And maybe you're motivated by verbal praise or like acknowledgement. That also wears off, too, because now that's just how Kristen works. And now that's the expectation for Kristen. It's no longer, wow, you do so much. It's like, yep, that's Kristen. She does. So now you have to keep this like really impossible level of work up as like your baseline. You right. Know? Right. Set your baseline lower. Yeah. Well, once again, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. But yeah, you definitely should. I'm just sick of people giving everything they have and then some to a capital. Uh, to 110% should not be given to a business. No, 65 at most. Yeah, you are a human. And if you are 100%, not all of your body, mind, and soul should go to your job. Yes. Because there are other things. Yeah, because then you have 0% for anything else. Right, right, right. There's also a lot of masking demands that are put on neurodivergent people in the workplace. So even things like monitoring your speech volume, the way that you're wording things, because you don't want to, like, say things in a way that all like you, Kristen, you know, you don't want things to be too curt. So you got to, like, watch how you're asking people. Disco man emoji. How to do things. Yeah, it solves it's all the problems. So, it solves all my problems. You have to, like, monitor how much you're saying. If you're making eye contact while you're while someone's talking, you don't want them to be offended like you're not listening. You have to, you know, maybe you're in a meeting. You have to be able to sit still, not stim in the way that's, like, going to disrupt others. So all of that is masking. All of that is putting stress on our nervous systems because you're having to constantly monitor, like, everything you're doing and everything you're not doing. That's very exhausting. I've definitely left uh, mid-conversation when a surgeon's trying to tell me something important because something was way more interesting happening. And I just go, oh, and and then I pedal back and I go, hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just left mid-conversation. They're like, where the fuck did you go? I, I was like, I uh, something needed my attention and it had it. And now I'm back. OK, <laughs> someone is walking down the hallway with tinfoil and I saw a shiny right. object. That's exactly that's basically what it was. <laughs> and I was just like, I've got to go. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Gotta get out of here. But yeah, and then and then I felt really bad because I'm like, in the neurotypical world, that is not okay. Yep. And it was a neurotypical surgeon who I was talking to, who who is very nice to me, and she was very understanding. But that's that's not that's rude. Well, I mean, it's rude as subjective, but yeah, that's a good example of having to monitor your natural behaviors, even things like that, even not walking off during the middle of a conversation yeah. is having to monitor your behaviors. If your natural instinct is to go see whatever that interesting thing is, yeah. then every time you're in a conversation, you're having to like control that impulse. Right, right, right. So that is masking. That is, you know, it's that, hard. Yeah. That puts stress on our bodies. It's a lot more stuff we have to think about, you know, mm -hmm. like neurotypicals aren't during conversations. Neurotypicals aren't resisting the temptation to, like, go figure out what where that song is coming from down the hallway. You know, right. right. They're not just better at this impulse control. They they're don't not, have to. They don't have yeah, that impulse. They're not having like a separate conversation in the back of their head being like, is this enough eye contact or is it now creepy? Yes. They're not thinking about that. They're and not that's, like that's like. The question I have at least five times a day, is this creepy eye contact or is this appropriate? Yep. I don't know. Yep. Same. Yeah. They don't they aren't being upset by their socks rubbing their feet the wrong way while they're right. in a meeting, you know, or like they got the extra starchy scrubs that day. This is me. Mm. And they don't like it because they like the ones that have been washed more. So they're nice and soft, like more like pajamas rather than starchy scrubs. Yeah. So they, they have, have to like change their pants until they get they have to get new pants until they get the nice soft ones. They don't do that. No. And speaking of that, sensory regulation is another aspect that leads to a lot of ADHD burnout. So things just like that. You have to wear uncomfortable, quote unquote, professional looking clothing or like scrubs that don't fit you right or scratchy. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in an office, maybe it's too loud. You're in an open floor concept. People are always talking. You have to sit under uh, fluorescent lights that are like upsetting to your brain and give you a headache. Maybe it's too cold or it smells weird. Maybe you maybe one of your coworkers brought salmon into the office and you've already asked him not to do that but he keeps doing that i don't know yeah. if we should keep that in i'll keep it in okay. and now <laughs> you're upset sensory wise and emotion wise because who does that who does that who does that it's so infuriating there's six people in the office and you bring that and now you have to go scream in the parking lot right we've and already discussed it yet here we are again <laughs> Maybe you can't take a bathroom break or an eating break when you need to. Oh, God, especially classroom teachers. Oh, my god! I gosh. cannot imagine being a classroom teacher and, like, you have to pee and you just can't. 
until someone relieves you and yes. then you get and, and there's a lot of guilt. Right. I, I you yep. know, what? I'm not in the school system, but from what I've heard, there's a lot of guilt because you're like, can you look out after my classroom for me? Now you have to, you know, you're tying someone else up so you can just take care of a bodily function, you know? Yep. And that's also the problem with, in the school system for like taking time off as well. You know, taking any type of sick day or vacation mm-hmm. is the classic capitalistic thing of, oh, well, you're going to burden another worker and not like this is a right. whole systemic problem of you don't have enough teachers right, and right. subs. Oh, I'm going to talk about this later because <laughs> right. it also happens right. in healthcare when oh, people yeah. take it, you know, like, oh, my gosh, everybody's sick with COVID. Mm. And, and then the managers are like, how are we going to do staffing? The surgeries still need to happen because we need to make money. And you're like, if you don't have enough nurses, you can't do you can't have patients come into the hospital because it's unsafe. And you now you have unsafe staffing ratios. And like I said, emotional regulation is another thing that we have to constantly monitor that can also lead to burnout. So, for example, not screaming in Todd's face when he interrupts you for the 17th time that day to ask you a question that he very easily could have found the answer to himself. That's a lot of emotional regulation. Figure it out, Todd. I got here when you did, Todd. <laughs> I don't. This is that's a made up person. Uh, is it? Uh, Todd's yeah. a metaphor. Todd um, is a metaphor. Todd is just a metaphor. <laughs> Everybody's got a Todd. Yes, everyone has a just Todd. Just look it up. It's right there. <laughs> I don't know why you're coming to me with this. Now I'm going to have me, to do a Google yeah. search for you, Let Todd. Let me stop what I'm doing and put my job on hold so I can help you because you can't do your own job. Fucking Todd. Especially if you have a uterus and you are on a monthly energy cycle instead of oh, a 24 yeah. hour energy cycle. That also leads to a lot of emotional dysregulation when you have ADHD, and that's a lot of work, you know? It's a stereotype, but really, when you're on your period and someone's pushing my buttons, I could fillet you in the eyeballs right, right now. Right, right. Oh, you're crampy not... and you're literally bleeding 24-7 right now? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I just don't have the patience to deal with your bullshit. Exactly. So all of that can lead to burnout. We can't talk about burnout without touching on the American productivity culture, which may be new for some of our international listeners. Welcome. Hmm. They're probably pretty aware of They're how pr- terrible I th- America I th- I think is so. at this um, point. And, and a lot of this is, quote, like hustle culture. And I don't think we can talk about burnout without talking about these two things. But we are. Kind of. No. Kidding. Uh, we're going to save those two topics for a bagel bite. I think it's important to touch on them. I think I have more to say about them than what we have allowed for today. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Yes. And I also think some screaming might be involved. Yeah. AKA you will rant forever. And uh, so will I. Yeah. It's not yeah. just you. It's, it's, it's it'll be both of that us. Will be, that will be a hot episode. But for, oh, an- yeah. for another day soon, what I'd like to talk about is what a lot of people refer as this like ADHD burnout cycle. But I want to rename it as a pathway because I think a cycle is cyclical, right? Like the Krebs cycle. Yes. A bicycle. Technology is cyclical, yeah. Kristen. Right? <laughs> And I feel like this is more of like a pathway because the intent is that this happens not over and over again. But I guess it does. I see it being cyclical if you like do this in every job. Like maybe you get burnt out on this job and then you are like, all right, I'm going to take some time off, heal my burnout. I'll start a new job. If you're just repeating the same behaviors of putting too much Uh, on your plate, being a people pleaser, it's just going to go over and over no matter where your work environment is. Okay. So... Pathway or cycle. I mean, hopefully you'll break the cycle and then it'll just be a pathway. And it will just be a pathway. Yes. Um, you can leave okay. it in your past. I call it a cycle way. All right. Great. <laughs> the ADHD burnout cycle way. Yeah, perfect. Are you ready? I've been ready. I'm going to try and say this in like two sentences. The novelty of the task slash job slash thing puts you into a hyper focused mode. Your magical thinking allows you to put more on your plate. And your time blindness prevents you from estimating how long each task will take. Maybe there's some people pleasing going on. Maybe you're staying late at work. You're not sleeping. You're ignoring your own needs and maybe the needs of your household just to get this thing done. Now, things are not going the way you intended. Maybe you have some rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Now you see the task as a burden rather than something you actually want to do. As we have all learned before, our executive function is dictated by urgency and interest. This thing that used to be interest to you is now painful for you to even start. And now you're having even more rejection-sensitive dysphoria because you can't get the thing done. And then, boom, you burnt out. <laughs> sizzle, sizzle. And there it is. There There's it is. The, that, that is the pathway. Path cycle, cycle way. Cycle pathway. I don't know how you get out of that. No, I do. We've <laughs> talked about it. That's our next topic. Okay. How do we get out of... 
burnout. How does how do we stop the cycle way? We take down capitalism as a whole. Very uh, there you go. That's step number Boom. one. All right, problem so, solved. Problem solved. There you go. Simple task. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we did? Wouldn't it be great, great if, if we could get rid of capitalism and everybody had basic needs that they need to be happy and live? That'd be great. <laughs> Wow, that really that was well. that really flowed off the top. best song yet. I oh, would absolutely! Say. Wow. What a, what a melody! Yeah, <laughs> we really shouldn't plan things ahead. Grace, yes. Have you ever? I know you worked more in the school systems. I worked for a huge like hospital chain in Washington, and you have those big like corporate training videos on like how to avoid burnout, and they always include these like incredibly non helpful things like meditate. Do some yoga. Get outside. Have you ever seen those videos? Have you ever, did you do those in the school system? Yes, we had some that were kind of like that. And then also I got a lot of like pizza parties thrown at me. Ah, uh, like, the classic of, pizza party move. Yeah, instead of making things easier yeah. or better or supporting you in any way. Here's a pizza party. There you go. Pizza solves everything. Yep. 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 There you go. I'm glad we had pizza instead of matching in our 401k cool yeah uh, and it fixed my burnout and now i'm just the world's best speech therapist at an elementary go. school there you go problem solved definitely didn't let my license lapse out of anger <laughs> <laughs> really all this does these like training videos and these things that the corporation hospital school system whatever what have you do is they take the blame from the company creating this high-stretch work environment, this toxic work environment, and they put the blame on you as an individual for not being able to handle this toxicity that they created. Hmm. Yoga, meditation, taking a break, these are only adding things. They're tasks for you to do, and then maybe your burnout will be fixed. That's not, oh, good, I have, like, another thing I have to do. So on top of, like, you know, my, if you're in nursing, you're like five to one ratio in a critical care unit, which is insane. And it's happening. You know, now I, I have to go home, take care of my children, make sure everybody's fed, make sure homework is done, do laundry, make sure everybody's like safe and clean. And now let me just do some yoga so I can fucking relax. Yeah. Doesn't that fix the yeah. whole problem? Oh, good. I'm glad that was the only thing. <laughs> that was it. That was the only thing holding me back was myself and my yeah. lack of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd known this sooner. Right. The answer's right there. Uh, it's like telling someone in an abusive relationship to just like do more mindfulness. It's like, right. no, the answer is to leave the abusive relationship. Right. Not Which like is incredibly difficult to do. It's not like, uh, oh, I'll just here I am. Yeah, it's not just like meditate 10 minutes a day right. and then you can handle the stressors of an abusive relationship. There you go. <laughs> and also the only reason why any corporation like quote unquote wants you to work on your burnout or have better mental health is literally so you're more productive to their bottom line and so you make them more money. They don't right. actually want you to fix their bur your burnout for your sake. They want it for their sake. Right. It's about them making more. You are a cog in the machine here. Yes. And this is what I really didn't want it. I didn't want to go down this road, but here, but here we, we are. are. You are a cog in the machine and you are a money-making machine. If they can't suck more money out of you, then you are not worth their time and their payment. They are paying you to do a job. So the more money they can get per hour out of you, the better. If you are burnt out, you do not have the productivity to be as productive. And, you know, you're not going to like make them more money than someone who is not burnt out. So their job is not to fix the system. Their job is to make money, make money. And whether that that's why they put all this blame on you. You need to do yoga. You need to meditate. You need to take these courses. The problem is you. It's not. It's the system. And I don't understand. I, it just drives me insane. And even a lot of their like mindfulness lessons or whatever are very like tied to the corporation itself, like a Starbucks, uh, beep maybe beep that name out. I don't, know. I don't give a shit. Starbucks don't, isn't going to yeah. see us. I'm going to talk about Amazon in a second. Oh, okay. okay. Like for a star, I saw someone talking about a Starbucks like mindfulness course that they had their employees go through. That sounds like a personal hell to me. It started off with close your eyes and imagine your favorite customer. 
Oh. It's like that is the mindfulness lesson that no. they're teaching. Is like that's like the whole thing. You need to be away from work. Yeah, they're basically like, let's get these people to shut off their emotions in the face of an angry customer, like yelling at them. Right. So you're not even trying to teach them better emotional they're just regulation. Trying to whittle you down so you're this like shell of a human with no actual emotions, and your only focus is work. They want to robe it. Yes. So instead of trying to like stop customers from harassing employees and being like monsters and having like protocols of like if a customer is verbally or physically abusive to you, you should do this, this and this. This is our protocol. They're just like, here's how to detach emotionally when someone's yelling at you. Drift off to a happier place. Imagine your best customer rather than your worst. Yeah. And just pretend that this isn't happening. Boom. Mental health. There you go. Problem solved. Sorry, I'm not helping with your capital I need some mindfulness here. Um, All right, Kristen. Imagine that you have a customer that needs help and support. Fuck Uh, him. (laughs) He is stabbing your father with knives. Ah. How do you mentally find a happy place Mm. in order to best serve this customer? Mm. Is there screaming involved? There's a lot of screaming. And a lot of blood, I imagine. Yeah, your dad is screaming. The man doing the stabbing is screaming. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you going to deal with that, mm. those work stressors? That's <laughs> <laughs> going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of working that here as a wolf. literally awful. Yeah. Uh, Customers always right. haunt my dreams tonight. Great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so besides, you know, a big system overhaul, there are... <laughs> what do we do? Yeah, what do we do? Because that's hard. <laughs> here are things that are still hard, but maybe less hard yeah. than, like, Take burning no buildings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that we're saying burn buildings. I'm just saying... Burning buildings is not that hard, it's <laughs> is our bottom line. Uh, <laughs> that's the point we're making here. Burning buildings is hard, but not that hard. You can... Do it. Don't do you, it. We believe Don't, in you. No, this but is this even is, easier. This are these. is how our podcast gets off the air. All right, that'll be Don't next next steps. Burn, burn a building. The building. But before Don't you get buildings. there, do try these ones first. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I. I you know what? I can compromise. With right. You there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Before you go burning a building, save yourself some legal fees. Try this. Yeah. If you need legal advice, boy, do I have a recommendation for you, Jessica Campbell Shire and Sons. She'll help she, you out of a bind. Yeah, she's helped us many times. Yep, got her on speed dial. Doing things legally. Let's talk about legal things you can do to help you with burnout. Yes. How about that? Okay. okay. Quick question. Is speed dial still a thing or is that an outdated reference? Why would you need speed dial if everyone's in a contact? Um, I think if you have like an old timey phone, like a landline. Like a rotary. Yeah, because star six nine is still a thing, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyways. Anyway. Just a thought. Uh. How do we get ourselves out of a hole? That's what we're trying to talk about. (laughs) Not burning down buildings. One thing, if you're really in a toxic environment, something you can do immediately, if you have the means to do it, I know not everybody has the means, is take like a sick day. Don't be afraid to take your sick days. Take a little vacation if you're able to. Take your sick days, though, even if you don't go on vacation. Right. Take your sick days and also use all your vacation. I know there are people out there because I have met them who don't use all their vacation. Use it. I will bully you into using it. You... It's your time. We just had, we just had our, we switched our things from instead of like accruing vacation, you can, which means like if you don't use your vacation, you get paid that time mm. to now it's a use it or lose it. What? Right. So it's like if you don't use, so one, there are a lot of people out there who are like kind of relying on that accrued money. Yeah. And then also I'm like, so now you got everybody taking vacations. I was like, you can't staff this hospital. Yeah, that's not a good at, system. That's not a good system. But I guess it has to, there's a lot of politics behind it. Anyway, has to deal with cash on hand in the hospital. Uh, uh, I just want to vomit every time I get to hear about it. Anyway, so use your vacation days. If you're in a cruise system, you're probably going to need them, especially now. I have found, because I like to relate everything to me, because yes. it's all about me. I have a call schedule where I have to take call every so month. So we have to plan that out which sucks. And then so I usually have to plan out my vacations like six months out, which is crazy, but doable. And so I usually end up, I'm like, oh, I'll just take a few big week-long vacations. And what I have realized is that I need to not do that so much and also put in like little one to two day vacations throughout the year. So I prevent this kind of like burnout thing that I have going on. Yeah, It helps a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I think the problem there is that 
you're either working, 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 or now you're taking a vacation and now it's like, all right, let's go somewhere for a week. But that doesn't leave you any time to like take care of the stuff at home, which can compile onto burnout because not only are you overworked and exhausted at work, then you get home and you have no dinner and you don't have clean clothes and everything. And like that all just compounds. And so like hardcore work and then tropical vacation for a week isn't really a solution because you're still probably really, right. really overwhelmed. So like one day to like take a day off to go get a haircut mm. or something like that, like or just to do nothing. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to sit on the couch and be a bum and Absolutely. that's OK. I've never had to be convinced to use my vacation or sick days. <laughs> I will use every single day I am given. I when I worked at my other job, I like didn't understand. I like I think it's because I was fresh out of grad school and I never had a job where I had this much vacation time before. So I just totally didn't understand what I had. So I accrued a lot. And then I came here and they're like, you can't do that anymore. And I was like, "Okay, Uh, then I will use all my days anyway. As you should. Moving on. Yep. If you are in a place where you're getting a lot of burnout, there's a lot of like big things going on. I would 100 percent recommend trying to join or create, and this is a big ask, a union or a workers advocacy group. Mm. And this is big, but it is really helpful to have people who work with you or know your job, understand your job, nurses, factory workers, and are organized and can, you know, advocate for you in an organized manner and fight for you and your safety and and your well-being for you in an organized manner and kind of like barter with, you know, the big wigs of the company, you know, and I know there's a lot of like people who are like, oh, unions, but like that's a very outdated thing. Unions are super helpful. And if you um, don't like unions, you've just been victim to anti-union propaganda right, right. because it's almost like there's a lot of incentive to not have workers right, unionize when right. you're a giant corporation. Right. So companies would spend millions of dollars on union busting strategies, yep. Amazon, yep. if they didn't work. Yeah, if they weren't scared of them. So if you are anti-union, I'm not going to tell you how to think, but I do want you to take a step back and really analyze who would benefit from you not supporting unions? Right. It's not the workers. It's not you. Right. So. And like, I know sometimes union fees can be steep and not everybody can afford that. But I mean, if you're going to ha- have safer staffing ratios, you're going to have safer equipment to work with. You know, how much is your well-being worth? Yes, I would say I like that. I didn't realize that unions are the reason that teachers are not drug tested. Oh, really? Yeah. It's something that unions advocate for. I think that's what I've been told. Oh, shoot. I didn't so know that. That's... Which Uh is smart because if I couldn't smoke weed after hours when I worked in the school system, I wouldn't have worked in the school system. (laughs) (laughs) May Med this year, just uh, their nurses just unionized. And I'm really proud of them. That was a big... Wasn't Mary Kate like on the forefront of that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Someone we went to high school with who's a nurse. And they should have been unionized years ago. They're a huge hospital and they really needed to. And I always tell our nurses here, even though I probably will get in trouble later, (laughs) but they're always like complaining about staffing ratios. And I was like, start a union. (laughs) The surgeons are like, why are you saying that? I was like, because they need to. I was like, let's start our own union. I was like, surgeons union. And they're like, that doesn't really exist. I was like, oh, (laughs) it could. It could. It shouldn't be controversial to talk about unions. It should be a basic aspect of a workplace. Why should your employer have all the power and you have none? It doesn't make sense. You know, in Germany, their board is made up of they require it. So even like VW down to like a small business, the board is made up of 50 percent of the workers. 50 percent. That's That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's very much like you're part of the company. Yes, because otherwise it's an extremely unbalanced and predatory it's system. It's a dictatorship is what it is. Yep, oligarchy. Okay, so here's another big ask, and this one's hard. Set a boundary, or many. This is difficult, but you are one person. And, you know, if you're working for a big company, that whole company is not going to, like, go under because you didn't, like, pick up a shift or stay late or join a committee. And if they do, it's not on you. It's not your company. That's not not your company. If you're the CEO, then yeah. 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 And also, like, why are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) Yeah, this advice (laughs) is not for you. This is not. You should have shut this off, like, hours ago. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, it was set boundaries. So I learned from a TikTok and I'm really bummed that I forgot what TikTok it was, but I'm going to try and find it later. But this is what she said to say. And I'm going to hint, 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 hint. Nursing staff, this is what I would say if I were a nurse and someone asked me to take up another shift that I really didn't want to. Everybody get a pen. Okay. (laughs) Write this down. 
And you just say, no, I am not able to cover that shift. And if they say, well, your coworkers, because they always guilt trip you, you know, your coworkers are going to suffer and we don't have enough staffing ratios and and, you know, this person called out or this thing. And you say and you say, I cannot and I am not the long term solution for your poor planning on staffing. Mm. Oh, what a burn! <laughs> but also, yeah, not even just a burn. It's just like a very logical It's just response. a very logical thing. Like, you fucked up. You know, you don't have enough staff to do what you need to do. And that is not your, that is not the employee's fault. Yep. This is even for people at like the coffee shop when they're like, oh my gosh, we don't have enough people to work this shift. And we saw this during COVID. Like, you know, people, restaurants especially would just like put signs up being like, we're not open today because of staffing. Mm. And that's okay. Yes. It sucks. And especially when it comes to just kind of like office jobs, like nine to five office jobs where it's not life or death. It's not like if you don't show up right. to work, there's no one to lead this classroom of 30 kids or whatever. Right. Like right. If you're just like going into an office every day and your work is not urgent, which it's not, if you're just doing like paperwork, your job, no one's going to die if the this DMV. work doesn't get done. I think the DMV is important, but like no one's going to die if you're not there. Yes. And you so, know? Yeah. And so especially then it's like the work does not need to be done right that second. Someone asking you to stay late every day to get this project done. It's like right. you, made, you made everything up. All of this work is made up. Right. Right. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I would say particularly with nurses and teachers, I would say that there's a lot of guilt tripping involved, which we briefly touched upon. And, you know, and, and it does suck. Someone calls out and, you know, you have to work more. That sucks. But like, you know, they called out. That's and and it's up to the hospital, the school's responsibility mm. to set that up. And I think that's the problem is they have us looking at each other like, well, so-and-so didn't cover my shift or so-and-so didn't show right. up. And so now I'm screwed. No, we just need to look up. You know, I know it's frustrating if a coworker can't cover your shift or they don't show up, but it's not ultimately their fault because there should be enough staffing where someone can take a day off to go to the dentist and... You're, right. You know, your life isn't being ruined because of it. Emergencies happen. That's, you a, know? that's a top level problem. It's not your coworker's right. fault. It's not your coworker's fault. It is the management. The management should. That's like they're supposed to manage. That's something they're supposed to manage. That's like the whole point. And they're just not. They're blaming their inadequacies on you because it works because it's a really easy system to just yeah. say, well, that's your coworker's fault, not ours. Yep. Yep. It's not about you. It's about poor management. Why do you think all these nurses are leaving? Why do you think a lot of teachers are leaving? There's a lot of poor management that, you know, they're not getting paid enough. There are poor working conditions. You know, we have like this labor shortage, but it's because people are finally sticking up and being like, you know what? I'm not a robot, a robot. A robot. I am a human being and I, you want me to work for you while I'm demanding to be treated like a human. And it's just not sustainable. Like, as we're talking about with burnout, like these practices, they're very short sighted, first of all, on behalf of any company. Oh, for sure. Because you're just burning people into the ground. And now you either have to like rehire or you're trying to get work out of these people that you've burnt out. Like, what is the sustainability there? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. We had to explain this so many times to upper management to get new nurses in here. And we were like, you need to. Oh, sure. Yes. You're giving all these like sign on bonuses to new nurses, which is great to get new people in here. What are you doing to the nurses who've stayed? What are you doing to the people who stayed through COVID and who stayed through short staffing ratios and COVID again and COVID the third, you know? And, and the then, answer is not to not give bonuses to new nurses. It's to also do something for the people right. who have been there. And because it was everyone like needs incentive. they never even thought of that. They're like, <laughs> what? If everybody's leaving because they don't like the work, what makes you think the other nurses won't leave? Exactly. You know? Yep. So they did, which is great. Good. And that was specifically at my hospital. But I know there's a lot of other people in healthcare jobs who are not getting that treatment, you know? And, it, and it's like, what the frig? And when it comes down to it, I know we're talking about setting boundaries and, you know, speaking up for yourself, starting a union. But really, if your job is causing you so much like mental distress and you're so burnt out that maybe you're laying on the couch and you literally can't even get up to like feed yourself, mm-hmm. it might be time to look at a different job. Right. Because that's if you not, have the means to, because yes. starting a new job is hard. Yes, it is a privilege. But if your job is burning you out so much where you're not able to like function and care for your basic needs, that's something where if you have the ability to... Either try to go part time or find, you know, find a different job or even find a different career, because it may just be that this 
this system is not set up for how you function, like the school system. Right. I think I could be given the most ideal schedule and structure for a speech therapist in an elementary school. And even then, I don't want to do that job because now I realize it's so much executive functioning. There's so much decision making. There's so much to stay on top of and keep track of. There's so many moving parts. There's always going to be an emotional component to it because you're caring for children, you know. And so no matter what, the school system is going to burn me out because those things are really exhausting for my brain. And there's not really any type of structure I could create for myself that would make me be able to like kind of live a normal life and like right. care for myself outside right. of work. Right. So I know we it's a big privilege. Robots. Yes. I know it's a big privilege to be able to leave your job, but you also have to think about, okay, what happens if you burn yourself out? Because burnout isn't even just mentally, I can't push through this anymore. Right. It also is impacting your nervous system. And it's like, putting stress on your nervous system and it'll get to a point where even if you want to try to push through it like your body and brain will not allow you to so as hard as it is to like get a different job or try to switch careers or figure something out you also do have to think about okay but can i even keep forcing myself to push through this work because it might get to a point where you like physically cannot go to work right so, right just something to think about right Everything's connected. You know, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And sometimes your physical health affects your mental health and your mental health affects your physical health. Yes. Okay. Let's wrap um, this up. Okay. I got one more. I got okay. one more. It's my favorite because I never thought, you know, if I had to look at myself like five years ago or even 10 years ago, I never thought I would say this to anybody. Lower your expectations. And I mean that with all seriousness because I know it sounds silly, but ADHDers have a lot of magical thinking. It's really easy to have these like wildly high expectations of ourselves and what we can do. Well, we've also been told we have so much potential right. that we're just not reaching. You're just if you just uh, oh, what's the word? What's the thing that everybody says? What my dad always says it about my brother. Buckle, if he just down. tried harder. What was it? If they just put their boots into it. No, if they just if they just put their mind to it. Yeah, I heard that a lot. Put um, their mind to it. Oh, shoot. I'm like struggling to figure out. It's, it's like a classic. <sighs> It's going to come to me at like three in the morning. Right. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Albin said that we have so much potential and if we just work harder and put our minds to it, we can reach, you know, whatever that your, your goal is. But I think it's easy for us to have expectations that get out of control. You know, you do have to look at ADHD as, as having a disability because the office world or the corporate world is not set up for neurodivergency. Yes. And so we are at a disability or a disadvantage and we can't do everything that everybody else can anyway. So why would we have insanely high expectations that exceed that? Yep. Lower those expectations. You can't do everything. And you shouldn't have to. And maybe that potential that we've all been told that we have that we're just never reaching Maybe it's not actually there. Applied himself. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. If he just yep. finally applied himself. My dad says this about my brother all the time. I heard who, that a lot. Who I am convinced. I th I'm I'm very suspicious of my brother having ADHD. And, and one highly, of the things is genetic. listening to my dad talk about my brother. Well, your brother's so smart. He's so good with the numbers, but he never really implied himself. He's just very disorganized and just kind of does what he wants at all times. If he just applied himself and put more effort into his work, he could really do something. This is also my brother works very hard at his job and has a lovely family of three children and a lovely wife and a home and a boat and all these things. So I saw a really good post that made a very good point, And I relate to this so hard and it's kind of hard to internalize. But it's so true that when you're when you're a kid, if you're neurodivergent, if you're the type of neurodivergent that maybe was like really good in one aspect of school, like I was a big reader. I loved to read. Oh, yeah. You loved reading. And so it looked like, wow, Grace is like a genius when it comes to reading. But really, I just liked it. And therefore, I was motivated to do it. I'm not like this insanely smart reader. Right. I just was I had the right motivation. So then as we grow up, we're told, you know, we're praised for these like amazing achievements that we have. And we're told we have all this potential. We're so smart, blah, blah, blah. And so it kind of gives us this weird ego of like, oh, well, I'm like special. I was in like the gifted and talented. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. But we then so it kind of gives you this weird ego, but also this weird like shame when you inevitably cannot meet that quote unquote right, potential right. because it's not potential. I'm not able to do it. <laughs> I don't have this like 
strength and math and consistency just like waiting in my body and I'm just not accessing it. I can't do things consistently. I'm not naturally very good at math. So it's not like one day I'm going to wake up and be able to reach my potential. People are seeing my strength in like what I'm motivated, motivated by and excited about as like, oh, I could apply that to every area of my life if I wanted to. But no, I couldn't. I don't I don't I'm not able to just like apply that same effort to reading as I am to something that doesn't interest me. I'm never I don't have untapped potential in like business management. I don't I, it's not like lying under the surface just waiting for me to like try harder he's got a real knack for human resources yeah. I just know if he could just access that human resource part of him so it's like it gives us this weird like ego and shame of I should be much smarter than I am or I should be performing much higher than I am you know so I think that also leads us to even when we're doing a lot we still feel like well I'm still not reaching my potential I'm still not work I'm still not doing enough right right I had uh I can't I I sympathize with you, but I cannot relate because I was in a I was in the special reading class because <laughs> I couldn't pay attention. Well, because uh, you have ADHD, I, <laughs> I couldn't even get to the end of the line on the paper. Well, you also were not motivated by reading. Like I it was wasn't... not. You know what did motivate to re- me to read? Here, here's a weird, odd parenting choice, but yes. it worked. My mom would bribe me with Beanie Babies. Ooh. She's like, you get a Beanie Baby per book one summer. She's like, I need you to read more books because your teachers think you can't read, but I know you can read. I'll give you a Beanie Baby per book. And boy, did I read books. Wow. Yeah. When you have the right motivator. Oh, man. Yeah. Look at I that. Know. <laughs> so you can read. I you can just read. Didn't I have just, the right motivator. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last little thing I'm going to throw in there and throw it in. I just want to mention this real quick. We're not going to go into depth. This is like really deserves its own bagel bite. But healing and regulating your nervous system is a very important aspect of healing that burnout. They say that it takes three to five years, three to five years to like cure or overcome your burnout, ADHD or autistic burnout. And that doesn't mean take five years off from work and like do nothing. But it means you need to consciously work on structuring your life in a way that will allow you to like reduce the stress and reduce the things that caused you burnout. So that's a long ass time of healing from this burnout. So the best way to heal it, like Kristen says, is to avoid it in the first place. But if you can't, working on healing that nervous system is one of the really big steps to healing your burnout. Because like we said, we have oversensitive, uh, not oversensitive. They're the perfect amount of sensitive. The right right amount. Yeah. But very sensitive uh, central nervous system. The right amount is sensitive, which is so much sensitivity. So much sensitivity. (laughs) And so when we have a lot of stress on our nervous system, that's when we start to shut down. Anything you can do to calm your brain and body and get you out of that fight, flight, or freeze state is going to be really beneficial. So things like meditation. Oh, you're one of those. And yoga. You narc. But really, and there, okay, when we say meditation, though, and this is something I've been working on, it doesn't just mean you have to sit there and clear your mind. Because for 80-ish years, that's an impossible thing, you know? It's not I'm not ever going to be able to totally clear my mind. I think that's hard for anybody. Not especially us. But it is it is a muscle. You got to work at it. But you can even do things like active meditation. So going on a walk and even just being aware of your breath and your feet on the pavement and like your body in space and, you know, the birds around you. So just like when I say meditation, I don't mean you have to sit there and ohm for an hour. It's mostly just like being in the present moment, which I know is easier said than done. But little steps you can take for ADHD is like kind of just trying to be aware of your breath, even just for like 30 seconds throughout the day can kind of help you check in with yourself more and take that second to breathe. Things like being out in nature, listening to birds, cold water exposure is very good for oh, calming down your nervous that system. terrible. It's terrible in the moment, but some things are uncomfortable in the moment, but benefit us in the long run, you know? So mm. I can't remember what the exact numbers Pap are. Pap smear. But... <laughs> Sure, but that's Uncomfortable not- in the moment, but benefits in the long run. Yes. So cold showers. This is a PSA that everybody get should- Get your pap smears, even though your- they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have to do things that make us uncomfortable for the benefit in the long run. But I can't remember what the exact number was about cold water exposure. Something about four. It gives you four hours of like having a calm nervous system. Oh, shoot. So it's a very beneficial thing. So you could do things like, you know, ending your shower with 15 seconds of cold water, jump in the ocean or lake, putting an ice pack on your chest for a few minutes. That's really good for calming your body down. Even dunking your face in a bowl of ice water. This sounds like a lot of Wim Hof stuff. Is this from the Wim Hof people? 
Um, no, it's not just Wim Hof, but Wim Hof does do this. Okay. But it's been studied and shown that oh. cold water exposure actually does have a very significant impact on your nervous system and is really good for you. And then just things like dancing and mindful movement and play, you know, incorporating play and fun and like joy into your life is another way to kind of get you out of that tunnel vision of work, 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 burnout, all these things I have to do. Even just taking a step back and playing however you like to play when you were a little kid, you know, whether it's being a dolphin in fake Gil- uh, Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island, Island role That's play. because all the lady characters were taken, okay? Yep. You were Mrs. Howell and Stephanie was Marianne and Andrea was Ginger. There's Who nothing am I supposed wrong to be with wanting to be a dolphin. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Can you please tell the rest of our childhood friends that? Yeah. I've been ridiculed for years. Well, after this, why don't we play dolphins for a little bit? Okay. Okay. That'll help our nervous systems. Yeah. All right. And that's all I had. <laughs> I have one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Great. I know you, that was actually kind of a really good wind down, but let me just break you out of that transition. Well, let's wind back up. Wind back up. Just and for a let's talk about ADHD numbing. You just talked about, not just, but today in this episode, talked about playing Candy Crush for hours at work. Yep. That is a numbing tactic. And yep. some people with ADHD find comfort in tactics like this, which is basically dissociation, whether that's binge watching TV, video games or rereading the entire Harry Potter series for the eighth time. Uh, This doesn't. Sure. Fine. It doesn't solve the problem of burnout, which would really help you in the long run. But if you need to watch 14 hours of TV on a Saturday or even a Monday, go for it. Just drink your water. Yep. Eat something. Eat something. Drink your water. Pee. Every once in a while. Yeah. It's good. We're not trying to be elitist here and say, do these things. Yeah. You must do these things. Don't watch 14 hours of TV a day. I've done it plenty I say of do times. It. Yes. Do it if you need it. It's totally fine to have a video game day or, you know, read something comforting to you. But it doesn't it just uh, what I'm trying to say is like you shouldn't rely on these like numbing dissociative mm. techniques to help you with this burnout. It is really a systemic issue and you need to like put in the work to set those boundaries, lower those expectations way, way down yep. and do all the other things that we suggested. But you don't have to. And I know it's a big process. Some of those things are big asks, but they they do help. Yes. And I think even just knowing consciously that while laying on the couch for five hours after work may feel, I don't know, good, good, or at least like something you want to do. Maybe it's, it makes you feel nothing at all. And that's OK. And Yeah. And maybe you want that. But yeah, I just think it's important to know that. It's totally fine to lay on the couch and watch TV. I do it constantly, all the time. But just knowing that that is not a solution to burnout, you know? Right, So right. just being conscious of it. And being like, oh, I just need to get to bed earlier. Like, sure, that's helpful. Or I just need to relax more. That's helpful, but it's not a solution. It is uh, a temporary comfort. Yeah, like a distraction. So yeah. watching TV is a good distraction, but it's not actually like having any benefits to healing your burnout in any way, right, which right. is fine. You know, we don't you always need, have to be working yeah, on ourselves. It's nice to be distracted, but yeah. Yep, yep. 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 All right. Well, this was kind of a serious episode. I know. Look so, at us. Yeah. So once again, we're Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD adjacent podcast. I am Kristen. That is Grace. We are your hosts. You can find us on all the socials. Once again, this is our new kind of format where this is our ADHD learning corner where we kind of deep dive into a big topic. Next episode, we're going to do the segs that you love. So hold hold those horses. Hold them. Hold them on that train, okay? <laughs> and and we'll get there, and we'll do all the segs. And we'll and... ride off into the horse train sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Shake it out a little bit. Get all those serious wiggles out, because we're not serious people. Clearly, we just shouted to burn a building down, but... <laughs> Which we didn't mean it was a joke. I feel like we have to say that. I wasn't joking. I, I was, was very Grace serious. is joking. This is a joke now as it's we speak. Uh, <laughs> but you can find us on all the socials. We would love to hear from you. Email us at weirdsoffeather at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. Love to hear from you. If you have cured your burnout or you have any good burnout tips or ideas or for other people. Or if you're burnout and you're like, Hey, I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. We want to know about it. Yeah, let us yeah. know. We can we can sympathize with you and empathize. Solidarity. Yes. Burnout solidarity. The burnout brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be burnout brothers yeah. together. <laughs> For life, that. actually. Yeah. Yep. But we do want to end this on a on a fun note. 
And we want to do Bard of the Day. Bod. I heard, I heard Bard of the Day. Bard of the Day. Is this a Shakespeare thing? No. <laughs> bard of the Day. <laughs> Today we're talking Homer. It's uh, <laughs> my favorite Bard. <laughs> no, we're doing Bird. Oh. Bird. 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 That makes like a lot Bambi more sense. Says it. Bird. That's what I was thinking of. Right? Yep. Everybody's seen that. Yep. Sad, sad movie. Sad, sad movie. Uh, bird. All right, Krista, what's your bod? My bod is the chickadee. I got a fun fact. All right. Uh, the main state bird is the chickadee. And bonus fact, a group of chickadees is called a banditry, and banditries have hierarchies. What this consists of, I don't know. We didn't get that far. <laughs> We're over. We're done with our facts. Okay, all right. That's next out on facts. facts. All right. That's too many bod facts. <laughs> um, oh, so now part of this new little segment, our, our bod segment, bird of the day. <laughs> Is instead of our usual bird calls, which you know and love, everybody does. <laughs> Classic part of our segment. We're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit, and we're gonna try and imitate the chickadee call. Yeah, we need a little more structure to our bird crawls. Right, right, bird right, 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 crawls. Right. Our bird crawls. Bird crawls. Birds can't crawl. They don't have arm. They have wings, not arms. Right. Well, I think what you really need for crawling is like joints, like elbows. They right. have wings. So they do have elbows, but they're wing elbows. Okay, here's what it's supposed to be. Okay, so that was the that was the real call. And now, okay, Grace, you want to, without practicing, because we made a point of not practicing ahead of time. Yep, just like with most things. We know that you want it authentic. Yeah. And for the first time. Yeah. Virgin bird calls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go for it. I don't like it. Oh, that was good. Now I'm just going to copy your bird call. Shoot. Come up with your own bird call. I'm just going to copy your imitation. It's going to be <laughs> mine's going to be an imitation of Grace's imitation of a chickadee. Okay. Uh, because I I I I got to listen to it again. <laughs> I like it. It's a robot chickadee. I feel robot. Like you, I feel like you have the aggression of a chickadee. Yeah. This is our aggressive fuckers. And that's been our show. Yeah. Uh, I hope you like our new part one format. Oh, I was going to be fading out here. Oh, were so, you fading? Yeah. So we we already said that, yeah. all that oh, stuff. okay. So I'm just going to fade out here. So cool. let's just keep doing our chickadee cries and we'll fade here. Okay, bye.